I'm Chelsea Sodaro, and you know, I still see myself as pretty new to the sport. I'm super curious and I want to learn from the best. And I am Eric Gilsonen. You know, everyone is a triathlete, they just don't know it yet. Who is your hero in the sport of triathlon? Finish line, whether you're the first finisher or the final finisher, is where all people come together. We're all out there together. That's what I live for. This, this is the Chelsea is and the Eric Chelsea Show. And Eric show. Welcome to the Chelsea and Eric show. Chelsea here with an exciting update. It seems that COVID has become a very active time for people having babies and pro athletes are no exception. As you may know, I am very pregnant. In fact, by the time you hear this, I may have already had my baby daughter. So I wanted to talk to some of my fellow triathlete parents and get as much advice as possible before my due date, which is actually today. As a result, we put together a series of podcasts with me speaking to new moms and dads. Selfishly, though, we've mainly hit up the moms. Amy Farrell is a renowned age grouper triathlete, as well as a high school phys ed teacher and track coach. As one of the best amateur triathletes in the world, she is annually awarded the USAT Age Group All-American Honor and has been on the podium at the Ironman World Championships five times. In spite of all of her triathlon accomplishments, Amy remains super down to earth, seeing training as play and competing as a gift rather than an obligation. Amy and her daughter, Ruby, talked to me from their home in Tupper Lake, New York. And Ruby, welcome to the Chelsea and Eric show. I am so excited to have you guys on today. How are you doing? Good. It's a sunny day in northern New York, which is rare. So tell me, tell me a little bit about what life looks right now with your teaching and coaching and training and parenting, all while trying to navigate this COVID-19 pandemic. So right now I go to school uh, five days a week, but we have two different groups of students that come in. Um, So we have half of our students in the classroom and half are remote. So I get to talk to a screen and to real kids now. We were fully remote for a few weeks. So it was me um, teaching health and phys ed to a computer, which was rough. Ruby gets to go to school two days and then she's home Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, doing school remotely and taking care of our five dogs. (laughs) I've usually got at least one puppy in my room. (laughs) Five dogs? Yeah. (laughs) I'm the youngest of six kids and I only have this one kid. Gotta fill the house somehow. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love it. We are dog people over here, and as you know, I'm expecting in about 10 days, and we let, our dog is like our first baby, so I'm trying to wrap my head around how I think a human will be cuter than my dog. <laughs> <laughs> that is tough to imagine. <laughs> I don't think, but I think it will that, be. Like, yeah, I think that people who are not dog people will be really put off by that comment, so... We'll see. We'll see how that goes goes over. It's hard to beat how cute a dog is. <laughs> I know. I totally agree with you. Ruby, are you able to get back into any of your skiing seasons or track or cross country schedules yet? Um, I haven't been able to run, but skiing is like really great right now because that's like the only thing I can do. So the um Whiteface has been open, which is our local resort. It's about forty five minutes away. So I've been able to do a lot of skiing to kind of fill the gaps of time where I just can't do anything. <laughs> and that's probably a great socially distanced sport right now, I would think. Yeah. Everyone wears a mask anyway, so it wasn't too much of a shift. And she did get yeah. to play soccer in the fall. I did get a soccer season. So that was amazing. My sports are still on hold until outdoor track. Okay. 
So the ones that I coach. So tell our audience all of the sports that you coach and you're involved in, Amy. Um, so the last few years I've coached cross country and indoor track and outdoor track. I think three months after I had Ruby, I got recruited to coach softball, which if you knew, if you ever saw me playing a ball sport. She flinches every time there's even a shadow of like an object flying at her. It's a, it's kind of reasonable because one time she did almost get hit by someone's bat. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so that, that was the only sport that was like out of my wheelhouse that I had to coach since I've in the 18 years that I've taught in Tupper Lake. But yeah, we've been, you know, in and out of uh, outdoor track, but with with indoor and cross country all the way through. Wow. Let's go back a little bit. I'm super curious to ask you about your kind of start in triathlon and your pregnancy with Ruby. I'm wondering um, about that time in your life, actually. You competed as a professional triathlete back in 2002, and then you made this big career change when you had Ruby to teaching and coaching. And I'd love to hear about that time in your life and how you navigated that change. Um, so when I got into triathlon, I had run uh, division three, all three seasons at St. Lawrence University. And I had swam in high school and all the way through my senior year, I was super excited to set out on this triathlon journey. And I just, I had this idea of what I was going to do. I wanted to go to Kona, eventually become a pro. And in that time, I was single. I had one crazy dog. Um, I was teaching adaptive phys ed and doing a little coaching, but I would like, I was coaching boys swimming and I'd train with the boys so, you know, I, I worked my th- my way through the ranks in a couple of years and raced pro in 2002 and then got married at the about halfway through that season. And um, then I started my second pro season in 2003. I was out at Oceanside 70.3 and I had a decent swim. You know, it's hard to go to a, a course like Oceanside f- after training indoors all winter. Um, so I wasn't like super surprised with my swim. During the bike ride, I was just kind of out of it. I was looking around a lot and um, it was just just weird. And then I had a normal run. And I, th- I think it wasn't super normal. It was a little slow, but it was still, I think I still ran like a 129 half. And I, I got home and I just like, something was different. And I remember my mom had traveled with me and and we were at her house afterwards and driving back the couple hours to Lake Placid. I was like, I think I think I'm pregnant. (laughs) And so I took a test and and sure enough, Ruby um, was with me at Oceanside (laughs) 70.3. But in that in that year um, that I was training for my my getting ready for my second pro season. I was just working at a gym, lifeguarding and, you know, kind of being a ski bum and training. But then the the summer that I was pregnant with her, I got a job here in Tupper Lake teaching phys ed. And we, it's a small, like the community, communities up here are small. So to get a phys ed job in one of the communities locally was like, a jackpot. So I took that job and that's where I've been ever since. But uh, like I said, when I was three, when she was three months old, I got recruited to coach softball. So I did that. But then the next year, you know, moved into into sports that were more in my wheelhouse. And uh, I got I just got really into it. And and being a crazy young mom um, for my that my students, you know, sometimes couldn't believe. (laughs) Yeah. Well, from what I know about you, you uh, are, well, you're obviously a very successful athlete, but it also sounds like you were made to be a coach and speak into young people's lives. So um, it's interesting how 
certain careers kind of choose us sometimes, so to speak. Yeah, I, w- I mean, I was thinking about it. I was swimming last night and thinking about it. And when I was pregnant, I did. I was an assistant coach with cross country. And we had this one student that she was in ninth grade. And it was the first kid that I met in Tupper Lake. And she ended up going on and being an NCAA champion in track and cross country. And she was like our second kid. And so like, Thinking about kids like that, you're like, I I landed here for a reason in this job. Yeah, absolutely. I love hearing you talk about how you kind of knew deep down that you were pregnant because I had really sort of similar experience. I, I was doing a virtual race series and I definitely wasn't in like peak form. So I didn't have massive expectations for myself. And the women that I was competing against are amazing, but I was getting my butt majorly kicked every single race. And I didn't have that top gear that you need when you really want to like, like, um, turn on the gas, right. And, um, when moves are being made and it wasn't until actually the series was over that I finally took a test and I was like, Oh, that. That maybe like explains why I have no like upper range in my power in my power right now. Yep. It's it was it was the weirdest thing. Like because people ask me about the race, I was like, eh, I was kind of sleeping on the bike. I don't know what happened. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's just amazing how our bodies shift so quickly. Like on one hand, I've been surprised by like how much I've been able to do while I've been pregnant, but on the other hand, it's totally different. Like you just cannot access all of those different like physiological zones, right? Yes. So as a pregnant athlete in 2003, what sort of like resources did you have as far as how to like train through pregnancy or come back from pregnancy? Uh, Probably one article in runner's world or something like that. (laughs) And, and I had a a supportive midwife, but other than that, um, I'd be out running and people would look at me like I had two heads. It was, it just, I remember that was like the first question that people were asking me, like, can you, can you still exercise? And, um, luckily my, my midwife, you know, cleared me to do what felt comfortable. And I also, there was another local athlete who was, I think, five weeks ahead of me in pregnancy. And we were about the same, the same level in terms of triathlon. And she had been training much harder than I was. Um, so seeing what she was doing and, and the midwife, you know, telling me what ranges to kind of stay in made me feel pretty comfortable with it. I, I actually, I, I'm, I don't love swimming. So I think at that time I ran a lot and I had a compu trainer. So did some compu train riding and, and went outside occasionally. But I think after six months, I didn't feel super safe up here riding outside, but, but running, I did all the way through until the point where I was like holding my belly. (laughs) It was like, okay, time to walk. One of my good friends has had four babies and she's in her late thirties now, but even when she was pregnant with her kids, she didn't have any sort of like belly bands or any sort of support. You know, there's all, there are all these products now that athletes can use to help support their belly. And even five, six years ago, she didn't have access to anything like that. Yeah, I remember like first seeing those and being like, oh, that's a great idea. I wish (laughs) someone would have thought of that 15 years ago. (laughs) So were there any were there any female female athletes that you knew of or could look up to as examples of women who were having kids during their careers in any sport for that matter? No one really stands out. Like even when I think about the track world. Because there wasn't social, you know, that we didn't have social media to see what other people were doing. But even even looking at the track world, that I feel like there weren't even a lot, a whole lot of moms um, competing. People would 
wait until they left the sport typically. And then you, you didn't know what they were doing because it wasn't in the magazines and stuff like that. So I know that you took a bit of a break from triathlon after you had Ruby. And I'm curious at that time, like what your plan was from an athletic standpoint. Did you plan to come back to triathlon? Did you plan to compete as a pro again? What what was your like thought process then as you were, you know, raising this new baby and taking on a new career? Where was your head at? Um, I remember I kept buying and selling bikes. Like, okay, this is the year. And I'd buy a bike and I'd ride it a couple times and then I'd sell the bike. I remember it was it was March. She was born at the end of December and we we got her in the baby jogger in March and with the windshield and everything and the hours that this poor kid spent in a baby jogger. Because of that, I could run a lot. And we had two dogs at the time, and one of them was a psycho, so he always had to run. So I ended up, when she was about three, I ran, I just kind of ran this marathon, and I broke three hours, and then I was like, I wonder if I trained for this, if I could hit the Olympic trial standard. So when I, like, when I look at my baby, at my training log from then, it was a lot of, like, hilly baby jogger runs, and I came, I came within a minute twice in two months oh, um, so of the trials time. But our, my life was crazy at the time. I was still coaching everything and teaching. My husband and I were separated briefly, but she was such a trooper for all that. Like, I, I don't know how, how we did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did. I think it she be, did. Like there's always snacks be. and books. <laughs> yeah, it must be that mom strength that people keep on telling me about. It really, yeah, <laughs> it is because I tell my friends like when they have babies, I'm like, take advantage of these baby jogger years because running will is is the best at this point. <laughs> like one, once you get loose on a course and flats without the jogger, wow. <laughs> Yeah, totally. My, my dad actually was so, my dad is a runner and he's from Boston. And so he was always training for the Boston marathon when we were kids. But I think he took me on my first stroller jog when I was two days old, which is super against the rules. Like you can't even hold your head. Babies can't even hold their heads up when they're two days old. And so there's these photos of me in the jogger with like wrapped in sheepskin and this massive helmet on my head so that's why I'm probably a little bit crazy. <laughs> I love it. One, yeah. one, um, I was back in triathlon and I did like, I had to, I had to get some run in when she was like six or seven and I made her go in the jogger <laughs> instead of riding her bike. And she was so mad. Cause I was seven. <laughs> she was seven. <laughs> I was a whole I child. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby, what do you, what do you remember from those like early days of tagging along with your mom to all of her? Well, at that point, she was mostly running, I think. But yeah, I don't remember it too well. I vividly remember one time it, it was like, I think you took me to track practice or something or you were like running on the roads with your athletes and it was pouring rain, <laughs> but I had the shield over me. So I was just having fun the whole time. And oh, you guys that was the state track meet. Yes. Oh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Even brought that thing on the bus. (laughs) Do you feel like that was probably just normal for you, right? That mom went out for long runs on the weekends and that was just something that your family did. Yeah, it's just totally a part of my life. It's not like anything unusual. Do you do you remember the trailer bike rides? I love the trailer bike. We had what's the trailer bike? It's like (laughs) this. It has one tire and the front part attaches to the seat of like her bike. So yeah. I would just sit back there and pedal on my little trailer bike while she um, biked around. It was so fun. You've been training for triathlon your whole life, Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> she really has. And she, she, when she was little, she competed in a lot of them. And we were driving home from one when she was like five years old. And because we had 
I I also in the summer worked at a, a local uh, bike shop and we put the races on and we we're driving home and Ruby's in the backseat and she goes, Mom, I've won more triathlons than I can count on two hands. I never won any triathlons <laughs> is the thing. <laughs> did not win any. <laughs> you did. You did. In my mind, I did. In your age group because no one else was doing it when they were four. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so how long did your triathlon career last ruby uh when's the last one i did i did that um i have a t-shirt oh me. yeah you had when oh, you were maybe fry wait what's it called Fraunhofer tool triathlon yes, that one she that had a road she had like a kid's a road bike for road it bike. <laughs> so that was nice. maybe 11 10 that's the last one i did <laughs> okay okay and now you're now you're more into skiing and running right mostly just skiing i'm not much i i do track but i don't remember the last time i went running (laughs) i'm not as crazy as she is in that way i can't can't do it (laughs) more of a fair weather runner yes if it's nice out i'll go running (laughs) that's okay you're only 17 so there's time yeah (laughs) So, Amy, tell me about how you found your way back to triathlon. After, so you you took this break, you got back into running, and then eventually you found your way back to triathlon, and you were incredibly successful. You're a 70.3 world champion your age group. You're an Ironman Kona world champion your age group. How did you get back to the sport? I actually really injured my I, – I had terrible sciatica – from running that I was, I dealt with for a couple years and I just knew my, like my body wasn't, wasn't built for running a lot of miles. And I, I love the balance of triathlon and I'm kind of an ADHD kind of person. So the three different disciplines are awesome. Um, So 2009, I bought another bike and this time I actually rode it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it was, I think I, I didn't coach outdoor track that year. So I had a little bit more time in the spring, um, between the end of school and picking Ruby up from daycare. So I'd sneak in rides and swims whenever I could. And then, so that season went well. And the season after that, a dog is climbing She's on me. insisting um, on having your attention. <laughs> after, after that, I took another couple of seasons off because we bought a motel. Wow. And that was a whole new time suck. <laughs> yeah. So you're a teacher. You're a coach. You're a mom. You're a business owner and mm. a triathlete. Yes. So then... T- 2012 Ruby was uh was when I I came back into the sport cuz I wanted to race the world 70.3 worlds in Vegas. I don't know why I wanted to, but I was like that seems cool. And I've I I've, I've been back since 2012. I tried to race in 2010. I did one pro race and it was a complete disaster and I had to get home and clean motel rooms. <laughs> So, uh, so that was where that two year break came in. (laughs) How have you navigated all of that? How have you balanced, for lack of a better term, being a parent while also pursuing these big race goals that you have? Because like our listeners need to understand you're not like a casual athlete. You're a very accomplished, talented athlete. How have you balanced, you know, raising your daughter while also having these goals? The first year I got back to Ironman in 2013, I wasn't great at balance. And I was, you know, trying to get a ton of hours in of training. And I, and I was really frazzled, like super frazzled at that time. And I remember like, I've got to get every workout in. And I think it was, it was definitely after that season that I kind of woke up and realized what, that it's, it's okay to miss sessions or cut sessions short. 
And my coach was super understanding about it. But I also, I spend, I was doing a ton of my rides, most of my long rides on Saturday mornings inside because I, like, I don't have a training group here. So I was out on my own and I was, you know, worried just you just worry about your family, like unreasonable things. And my husband was there. He was fine. He knows how to take care of her. But I would, I remember like heading out on rides and turning around and getting on my trainer because just that peace of mind of being there when she woke up. Also waking up super early. Uh, still does that. <laughs> I still do that, but not as early. I think there were times when I was waking up at like 3.45 to get on the bike. But now we, you know, I, I've, I feel like training accumulates. So, you know, I can do quality sessions in an hour and a half. It doesn't have to be two and a half hours before I go to school. Lots of quality and and using my time more wisely. So I think now I can effectively train for Ironman in a lot less hours than I used to think I needed. And a few years ago, someone reminded me, I don't know, someone would say, get to versus have to. So taking those chances when you do get a long day out on the road riding, like you get to do that, you don't have to do that. And if something feels like you have to, but you want to be with your family, then your family comes first. Did any of that make sense? Absolutely. And that's such a great (laughs) tip. And of course, like something that I've been thinking a lot about too, because I'm really passionate about my job and I have these really big goals, but you know, I like already love this little human so much and mm-hmm. it will be interesting to navigate those first big days of training when I have yeah. to leave for, for several hours. And so I love your attitude of, I get to, because I think gratitude is so important and there are all of these studies about how, effective gratitude is actually in enhancing your performance. But I think that it's contrived for a lot of people. It's forced. But when you can actually buy into that and be really grateful for whatever time you do have for yourself and to devote to your passions outside of your family, I would think would help you make the most of that time that you do have and then be able to enjoy your family and be fully present when you're there. And like I said before, Ruby was always a trooper about like coming along to the pool. Um, that was my favorite. <laughs> like she, we'd sometimes, you know, we'd usually find a buddy, but sometimes we wouldn't. And she would occupy herself like while I was doing sets. And I remember one time looking over and there's my seven-year-old swimming in the deep end, like nice, perfect crawl by herself. <laughs> like, oh, okay, she's down here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, like I mean, I just dragged her along to so many things, and and she goes with it. <laughs> but the swimming was like the coolest thing. I, I like stopped, and and I think the swim was over at that point because I needed to like hang with her and celebrate it. It was so awesome. <laughs> And I was crying too much to put my goggles back on. (laughs) You know, on that note, what do you hope that Ruby has learned from your dedication to the sport? And this is this is corny, but I think that anything is possible and and putting the hard work in is worth it. And I like I she's Ruby's also a pretty accomplished artist. And so watching her passion with art is like me with sports and she puts the time in and the products that come out are amazing. And, and I just, yeah, being stubborn and sticking to it and, but also having fun with it because we do have a lot of fun on our (laughs) adventures. Ruby, I'd love to actually turn that over to you. What do you think you have learned from watching your mom pursue all these goals that you've been able to take to your skiing and your art and school and all the things that you're involved in just about everything it amazes me every day how much she can get done like she's out riding 100 miles (laughs) and training and then she still is able to come home and like cook dinner and do everything that a mom needs to do and it 
astonishes me how how good she is at everything. <laughs> um, well, not cooking. Well, not cooking, but she does. She, there is food on the table every. Day. She gets it done. <laughs> um, but just her dedication and seeing, like, you can put yourself into something and have a great product and not um like she she still is happy and not like running herself ragged trying to get everything done and um trying to take that into like she was saying my art because for a while I seeing all of her accomplishments felt like I needed to do the same thing but I've been getting better at realizing that I can take that same attitude and turn it to other things because triathlon isn't my thing (laughs) like I I thought it was for a while and I thought I loved running and I, I do like running, but it's not um, not my favorite thing ever. And I found more things that I like putting that same dedication into like art and stuff. That's so amazing to hear. And uh, well done, Amy, because my husband and I actually have chatted a lot about this. He was a very accomplished collegiate runner. And of course, I am a professional triathlete and... We have talked about how we want to be really deliberate about celebrating whatever our child is into and making sure that they know that whatever their passion in life is, it's totally okay as long as they work hard and they pour themselves into what they're doing. But it doesn't have to be sport. It doesn't have to be running or triathlon. It can, it's, they're their own person and, and, you know, they can choose whatever they want to be into right but how have you how have you like fostered that in your family I uh, I think like when she was little when she was little and doing um you know the mini tries and stuff like that it was cool but then watching her become her own person she's really great academically in that I mean not I I have a master's degree all that but it's I don't know, like she's on a different level in terms of (laughs) academics. So like just seeing that come out and seeing the art. My husband's super creative, too. And I got that from him. I remember when I was little sitting down and drawing with that all the time. (laughs) But uh, like when the ski, the skiing thing, I mean, it's just what you do up here in the winter and her finding her way through it. Like first we tried a race program and then she did freestyles and ending up in the moguls, like in just finding her people. And this is the first year she hasn't competed in moguls in like nine years. We miss those people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so much. But there's still like, some of those people are still her best friends, mm-hmm. like my triathlon people. And, uh, and something that I feel like happens when I do a fall Ironman, at some point in that marathon, I'm ready for ski season. I'm like, it's Ruby's turn now. <laughs> and, uh, like, we, you know, we'd be on the road for comps and stuff like that. And and just, you know, knowing that it, it was it was her time. And you've also never pushed me to do anything that I didn't want to do. Like, I, you always just let me do my own thing or, like... You don't make me go running or sometimes like I do need to get outside and like I have been sitting in my bed all day and I've like struggled with some depression at times and she's always super good about not forcing me to go running but making sure that I get up when I need to and can like go do something without it being like a struggle. Sounds like you lucked out in the mom department, Ruby. I really did. <laughs> no, I did. I lucked out. <laughs> Are there any parts that have been challenging for you, Ruby, about having such a badass mom? <laughs> um, not necessarily a challenge, but like, because it's always been a part of my life, like her training all the time or not all the time. She makes time for everything. Like that's never felt like it was taking away from anything in my life at all. There is sort of that, like, expectation from other people. But the first question is always, like, are you going to do triathlon someday, like your mom? Or, like, I've, especially, like, in track, because she knows everyone from every team. So I've always felt like I needed to be great at running. And it was, made it so much harder trying to 
like force myself to be as good as she was uh, or and is. <laughs> but um, it's it's taken some time to realize that that doesn't have to be my goal in life. And she's never forced that on me. But it's just sort of like that outside pressure that I'm learning to put behind me. <laughs> And when, and it's fun when people do ask her, like, are you going to be a triathlete someday? She's, she'll flat out be like. Every time I say no, no. I've, I've been around it for too long. <laughs> I've, yeah, I, I've watched you go through everything and I just don't want to do it. But I bet when she's 30, she'll do one. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I love it. Well, you've definitely paid your dues to the triathlon world, Ruby. So regardless of whether or not you decide to compete in one I think that you have made your contribution <laughs> I am a Sherpa at every race so which is hard you know what I have watched a few I have like been a spectator at a, a few um races including Kona twice it is so hard to spectate that race I am wrecked for a week after I go every time I love it. <laughs> Spectating at Kona is an entirely different experience from any other race because you're there's people everywhere. It's so busy. It's you like I feel like every time we've been there, it ends up being like 115 degrees that day. Um, so it's just like such an adventure. The last time we were there, what year was it? Uh, eight, 2018. Yeah, in 2018. I uh, it was just me and her that went and we were staying at the courthouse um her triathlon team and i so i was we'd rented a bike no we bought a bike bought a bike from target yep yep a kid's bike like 24 inch wheels tiny it it was a kent yeah called it kent um and kebby and i went out and rode um what, my, we were at like mile 19 of the run. They were way out where nobody else was. That was such a fun experience. And, just getting to and she, chase her chase her around and like see you so far out there where there's like no people. <laughs> Ruby, what's your favorite race memory that you've shared with your mom? I think probably Kona in 2018 being out there on the bike. Also going to Nice was so fun. That was just like such a fun race to be at and just such a great experience being there. But I think Kona in 2018 was the best. <laughs> Chelsea did really great at Nice. <laughs> you know what? Those big time events are so inspiring, I think, whether you're competing or you're spectating because you have just like the best athletes from all levels and age groups mm -hmm. so excited to perform and all of their people are there to cheer them on. So I love being mm -hmm. on both sides of the fence. It's so, well, it's like so nerve wracking the whole time. I feel like I'm doing the race with her because I'm constantly watching like Ironman tracker on my phone. Like we're all trying to figure out like where she is and who's in front of her. And it's like a, it's a whole ordeal for us to do. And it's, it's always fun. I think that spectating is more nerve-wracking than racing. Because you don't terrible. have any control. Yep. You're just at the mercy of your, of your app. If I'm at a race and I'm my Ironman tracker isn't going well, her coach is always texting me, like, from home. <laughs> like, what's going on? And he also always does, like, a background check on her competitors. Like, he just always have, has everything all of the information for me. <laughs> That's perfect. So you can relay the information to her on the course. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ruby, I'm going to need you to come to my next races. You sound like you're <laughs> very professional. Me and my Aunt Tammy were great at it. <laughs> She's even better than I am. You and Aunt Tammy. Next race I have. <laughs> I'm expecting you to be there. All right. So... Amy, one of the things I am a little bit nervous about with this new baby is traveling to races with a baby, then a toddler, then a larger person as she grows. Uh, have you always brought Ruby to your races and how have you guys handled that? I've always dragged Ruby everywhere. Uh, <laughs> I think she went to her first cross-country state meet when she was like a year or a year and a half old. 
you know, like the baby jogger or trail a bike on the course. Just ma- it's you just make it happen. And, you know, there's always family there to support or to help. But I think I think she liked coming to all the stuff. Um, we don't we're not a family that takes like real vacations. It's always around a race or a ski or event. <laughs> So I think she's had fun with me. Just you, you really do just make it happen. It's she's gone with my, like on big at training camp. She comes to training camp and Those are not spends the day in the car <laughs> with my coach while we're all out riding bikes. But there's usually a, a good trip to go that like mm-hmm. outweighs the hard stuff. And the races I haven't gone to are always. It's always, I, I hate being home when you're like racing. It's just such a different experience. And I feel like I'm so far, I am so far away from it. And it's just really weird. That's really, that's really cool. And like, especially hear how you like love being there for your mom. And you feel like you guys are really a team. In what ways do you think has being a mom like enhanced your experience in triathlon? Prioritizing time, appreciating the time that I have to train, but then being able to turn it off and not letting it, you know, take over my life because there are there are so many other things. Being able to be so multifaceted, I think, is is something I know from the the couple of years that I raced before I had Ruby, it was tunnel vision. And now it's when we go to races, we get to sightsee or we plan time after to thoroughly enjoy where we are going. So I'm, I'm super grateful for that. And, and just being able to share, share things with her. Do you have any regrets from your career? From your triathlon career? Buying the motel. <laughs> no, I... It was interesting. It was interesting, it was but... important. But I do wonder... Yeah, but I do wonder in my in my early 30s what I could have done, but... Um, but I think all... The, all those weird stories We wouldn't have so guests. many weird stories about motel guests. <laughs> so there's... We have that. And really testing, like, once I did get... Back into it, like how much can I handle? <laughs> working, a, you were working a full time job, checking in every like person that came came to the motel and like the middle of the night. Like people would show up at like eleven, and <laughs> she just have to go out there. But you're still like training as much as you needed to and coaching. It's I don't understand how you do all of it. <laughs> That's yeah, really amazing and a testament to your. Your dedication and grit and strength and all of those things. I think sometimes, like, in some ways, professional athletes have it easy because it's our job to train. And so that's really prioritized in our day, right? And so while it's not easy to have a family while you're competing professionally, you know, your workday is still dedicated to sport, which is your job. And so I really admire, you know, people like you who are able to be successful in so many different facets. I I just, I think it's going to be so cool for you so early in your career to, to like raise this little girl, um, you know, as you're, as you're going through the sport. I, I think it's so awesome. Thank you. I feel, um, I feel like really proud of the decision and I feel like, and I'm hard on myself, so this is like a little hard to say, but I feel like really courageous. Yeah. Which is empowering. And I like, I, there are no guarantees in anything and certainly not in sport, but I am like excited to find out what's possible and, you know, be an example for her and whatever she wants to choose that when you really are passionate about something and you love it and you surround yourself with great people, you know, you can do big things. Oh, I feel like I'm always learning from you. Like the farther I go into like my like running or just anything I'm doing, it's like I'm she's helped me get better at like giving myself credit 
sometimes and like I don't know just every everything kind of is rubbed off on me and I think it has definitely helped me a lot yeah that's so cool I think that <laughs> like regardless of how like successful you know we are in sport it's such a great way to build confidence and to learn about ourselves and like it seems really clear to me Ruby that you know having your mom as an example and pursuing all the things that you do has really made you into like a super strong articulate young woman definitely (laughs) Amy what is still like what's still motivating you what are you still excited to accomplish on the race course at 43, I love the people. That's something I I just I would miss, I think, if I wasn't racing. The the people that have come into my life over the last 20 years. I think especially the last seven or eight years, seeing like women really take their place. I think I, I love that in triathlon and the strength that we, that we give each other, I think is important and trying to, trying to stay fast. <laughs> My fastest Ironman, um, was the year I turned 40. So, you know, try, trying to stay there. Yeah. It's just so great to see how women are getting faster into their late 30s and even 40s, especially across the full distance. It's not like a fast twitch yeah. race. And so No, it's for diesels. So it's, <laughs> it's for diesels. And you can build that engine for a long time. And so finally we're seeing, you know, all of those years of hard work pay off for women specifically. And I think that, you know, the longer that we can stay in the sport, assuming that we have the right support, we're just gonna get better yep yeah it's super cool to see when you're like doing virtual races i hear you like cheering downstairs and i'm like what what is she doing and then i walk downstairs and you're riding your bike talking to your whole team it's just so cool that you have that community yeah we've been doing the wtrl team time trials and we're all on discord like we're playing video games (laughs) so fun (laughs) awesome ladies we have or I have a few quick fire questions for you both if you're up for it, if you're up for practicing your your race nerves. Sure. <laughs> Great. So so I just have like a few short questions. Whatever comes to mind, first thing. They're not hard, but it will be fun. Are you ready? Okay. We are ready. First one. And why don't Ruby you want to go first and then Amy you go second? Okay. Okay. Favorite mantra or saying? What were you? Oh, uh, you get to do this. You don't have to do it. (laughs) Same or forward motion. I like forward motion. That's from my grandpa. (laughs) I love that. Your favorite journey? Um, We find ourselves on a lot of weird adventures. There's just a lot of things. (laughs) Just anything where we end up where we didn't mean to be. And it's, it's always something. (laughs) Those are my favorite journeys. (laughs) Any journey where Ruby and I are in the car singing Hamilton at the top of our lungs. Our last one, we tried to go backcountry skiing and it was just the worst day to do it. And it went so horribly. There was like a layer of crust above like four feet of powder so it was just like completely unskiable and it was just like the biggest shit show (laughs) and we got to the bottom and like we I was bleeding from my face (laughs) and we started carrying our skis and we're just walking down the road back to our car where we like decided not to ski back we're walking down the road just hysterically laughing for like 20 minutes (laughs) I love it your favorite sound? These are hard. Oh, snow. When you're walking on like super cold snow, that crunchy noise. That's my favorite. <laughs> I think running on crunchy leaves on a trail. <laughs> you get one style of hokas to wear for the rest of your life. What style do you choose? 
She really likes Clifton's, and those are the most recent ones that I've had, so I'm going to say Clifton. (laughs) Good choice. Oh, there was, so uh, I think the Challenger ATR 1 was like a Clifton and a trail shoe. It was soft like a Clifton, um, and I ran Boston in it. If that, if I only had to have one, if I could only have one Hoka, it would be that because it could do everything. Wow, that is next level. We might have to put in a a request for the big. <laughs> I'm, the big. I folks. think I still have some in the bottom of my <laughs> drawer that are old, but I still pull them out sometimes. <laughs> awesome. First thing you want to do when we are out of the COVID woods. Hmm. I'm such an introvert. (laughs) Um, Like I'm trying to think of like, I, I'm pretty comfortable with like where I am right now. So I'm not super like just a, Oh, like to go to a race or like go to a concert or something, just like be around a lot of people, which is something I've never liked doing. Like I hate big crowds, but I, that's what I want to (laughs) do. I think race or training camp with, with my teammates. Awesome. Great answers. Amy, Ruby, thank you so much for joining me today on the show. It's been such a joy and privilege to talk to you both. And your respect and love and support of each other is so evident. And I, you're such a great example for moms and daughters everywhere. And I can't wait for all of our listeners to, to hear from you guys. Thank you. Thank you. We can't wait to follow you with your little girl. (laughs) Thanks, ladies. If you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did, check out Amy Farrell's Humans of Hoka video at the Iron Man Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page. The Chelsea and Eric Show is brought to you by Hoka One One and Iron Man.